0: Welcome to Just Saying, a podcast produced by and recorded at Tri-State Worship Center. Now here are your hosts, Allison Gardner and Pastor Terry Wagner.
1: Hey everybody, welcome back to the Just Saying podcast. My name is uh Allison Gardner. Hello. <laughs>
2: Allison Gardner. I was trying
1: to drag it out. I, so I know, we... and, and
2: I almost passed out holding my breath with that word. I Hello. Mean,
1: I I wonder what would happen
2: <laughs> if I passed would we out. we just keep what would on Would
1: the show go on, Tyler? Be <laughs> careful. Be careful.
2: Be careful with your answers right now. I'm going to say
0: I'm I'm very I'm at a low point. Very sensitive. Didn't know. No, no. no, no.
1: (laughs) Never mind. Never mind. Better unsaid. We would have
0: Mm. to just pause momentarily while we Mm. resuscitate him. (laughs)
1: Just play some elevator music. We could have a
0: commercial (laughs) or something. We could. Yeah. Today's
2: podcast is brought to you by.
1: I mean, if we got some sponsorship deals, I wouldn't be complaining.
2: Yeah, we need. We need. uh, I think they call that monetizing monetizing the podcast. I
0: actually have sort of signed us up for that, um, but nobody's reached out yet. So, well, it's not to, That's not to say that we couldn't do some on our own end. If but you're but listening out is, there. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Hey.
0: You want to advertise. Yeah, We'd be glad exactly. to stop for 30
2: seconds to advertise your exactly. business. And reach all of our listener.
1: <laughs> listener?
2: <laughs> I believe you forgot a letter, Tyler. Can I buy an S? <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, man. No, because
0: it's not a vowel. You don't watch the so, show.
1: I do not watch the show. You're right. <laughs>
0: you are correct.
2: I do not.
1: <laughs> oh, man. Um. Well, I'm here with uh, PT, Pastor Terry Wagner. Hi, Allison. Hi. And also our um, sound engineer, Tyler Staten. Hey, guys. Hey. And gals. Hey, hey. Oh. Now you add the S <laughs> when there's only one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I'm speaking to the listeners too.
1: Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. That makes sense. Hopefully
0: there's some gals listening. Uh, I mean, I, I, I think, there think there probably there is. There
1: are, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but welcome back guys uh to episode 5, season 4.
2: Wow. Man, yes, it keeps man. It just speeding by. Yes, yeah.
1: it is. It is. Time keeps ticking and we keep producing. Yeah. Man.
2: Well, you keep producing. We're uh, just uh, here to answer the questions.
1: All right. All right. <laughs> um, <laughs> and
2: I'm just here to push the buttons. <laughs> no, make you're, it sound
1: pretty. Right. Yeah. He's just here to
2: make it sound good. Yeah,
1: exactly. Well,
2: you sound pretty. Oh. But I just need to sound good. Mm. I don't need to sound pretty. Gotcha. Yeah, you got to sound real mm.
0: good. <laughs>
2: I, I'm glad you got my Barry White filter <laughs> on. Right and you know what? I just said a name that nobody's going to know. Oh, nobody's going to know sure that. I'm sure some will, yeah. <sighs> he was a. You don't. Tell me, Allison. Who was Barry White?
1: I have no Only idea. Only one of the best <laughs> disco singers of the seventies.
0: <laughs> I really thought that you would know that, Alison.
1: No, I I I don't. I do like the set. I do like 70s music.
2: Though. Well, look up Barry White sometime when we're not recording and okay. take a listen. He's got this, he's got this voice. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just that <laughs> oh, real, yeah.
1: yeah. Does he say, oh, yeah, all uh, the time. Well,
2: I was going to put the third word on there, but he says, yeah, baby. You know, I, well, I better not say that. <laughs> but now
0: it's out there. Well, that was pretty good, though. That yeah. Good. Oh, I think we boy. should put that on a loop. Oh. Or that should be like part of the outro. Yeah, I like that.
2: (laughs) Thanks again, baby, for joining us
1: today. (laughs) Yeah,
0: it works. Put a little disco
2: music in the background.
1: (laughs) Uh, okay. Oh well I'm guys. <laughs> I'm sorry. Welcome back to the podcast. Um
2: Yeah, we've been away for three and a half minutes talking about something else.
1: Yes. <laughs> nothing new. But hey, I mean that they keep showing up. So they do, I mean we they? must be doing something right. Something
0: something right. Yeah, yeah.
1: exactly. <laughs> Maybe not everything, but at least something. Um so today we are discussing another hot button cultural issue.
2: Yeah. Thanks the a lot.
1: Issue of the day. Yeah. Mm. Um, uh, yeah. Today we're talking about abortion.
2: Just a nice little fluffy yeah, exactly. topic that just threw our way. <laughs> I Thanks. Mean, In yeah. no way controversial. Whatsoever. No, not at all. No,
1: just not light all. Thanksgiving dinner conversation. I don't know why Texas
2: know? comes to mind right
1: now. <laughs> or no, <laughs> anything that happened over the weekend. Yeah, I mean, across wow. the country. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah,
2: crazy stuff.
1: Um, if you don't didn't know, um, the Women's March. Um, happened this weekend in mm-hmm. DC and also in state capitals across the country. Um, and, uh, you just need to watch a couple clips and see why, uh, why we're talking about this issue because yeah. everyone else is. And the funny thing about the women's March is it seemed to me that it wasn't a really a women's March. It was just an abortion March. Right. Like that was all it was. That yeah. was all they were advocating for, um, so.
2: Just you know, it was a political, or attempted to be a political statement. It yeah. wasn't really. I mean, obviously, I'm supportive of uh, equal rights for everybody and equal pay for. I'm 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 okay with all that, but that's not what they were. That's not that what they were out there for. Mm. So.
1: Yeah. So uh, yeah, we are uh, talking about abortion today. Um, looking at issues of culture mm-hmm. through the lens of scripture. Thank you. Culture, scripture. I like it. We're rhyming it.
2: And I said 70s, and all of a sudden, she went there. She's feeling it.
1: (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I am very excited to talk about this issue. What about you, PT? Well,
2: I mean, it's a challenging issue to talk about. It is. It is. um, Because, again, like Allison said, we're, we're coming from a biblical worldview, and we know that that worldview is not the view that everybody has but that's where we're coming from. And so when you hear things that, that you don't like, or if you hear something that kind of rubs you wrong, just understand where we're coming from. Mm-hmm. And that is from a biblical perspective. And, and so you just need to make sure you get a hold of that. You know, that that being said, before you even ask me one question, I, I, I think the it's unfortunate that we have focused on the issue of abortion because the real issue is, people who want to become sexually active and not have a consequence to pay for after that, which is outside of God's plan for sexuality, mm. right? I mean, abortion is abortion is not an issue that became an issue of its own. Uh, abortion was the result of mm. people who said, I don't want to have to practice my sexuality within the framework of what God says, yeah. biblical worldview, and I don't want the consequence of that. And again, I'm not using consequence in a bad way because I think any time there's life, that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. I'm just saying the result of. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I don't want. I don't want to have to face with that. And it's unfortunate that uh, abortion became uh, in and at least those people's minds the solution. Mm-hmm. And so now we're now we're uh, left with dealing with abortion. But the real issue is is that we need to go back and and reteach God's plan, you know, for, for sexuality in the first place, because that's where abortion, that's where it came from. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so it's, it's kind of really hard for me to get beyond people who just don't want to do it God's way. Mm-hmm. And then when we don't, we, we've got another situation that we have to deal with. And in, in this case, it's abortion.
1: Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was a, it's a, it's a, Real consequence of the feminism movement. I mean, just, you it, know.
2: It is. But if we were abiding by God's plan, we would not be having this discussion.
1: Yeah, yeah, right? of course. I mean. Of
2: course. And so talking about abortion, that it's wrong. Biblically, we think it's wrong. And and we're going to get into some of that, hopefully, you know, before, <laughs> before we run out of time. But I'm just saying we spend so much time trying to put band-aids on things rather than fix things and and rather than fix things we want to change things Mm -hmm. and and it all goes back to just if we could just do it god's way man it would it would it would save so much uh energy and resources matter of fact uh you probably will hear some rustling of papers because i have like 18 pages of stuff Here, and, I feel like well, you might be exaggerating. <laughs> no, no, I'm going to count them right now, <laughs> and I'll let you know. But one one of these pages has the number of abortions that that take place every year is about 1.3 million. Wow. Now think about this: if you combine, if you take combined the Revolutionary War, Civil War, World War One, World War Two, Korean Conflict, Vietnam, the Persian Gulf uh, Conflict, Iraq, and Afghanistan, you put all that together. There have been more abortions in a year mm. than all of the fatalities in, in those wars. Wow! And and it just it, it's just I don't get it. I don't get it. It's that's a crazy. genocide. It's yep. Crazy
1: yeah. for real.
2: All
0: right, you uh, you got questions? I think.
1: I do. I do got questions. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You've got questions. We've got answers.
1: Mm. <laughs> well, there's, your,
0: there's our first advertisement. <laughs> that is. That's good. I like it. <laughs>
1: Okay, so first question, do you personally care about abortion? I think you do, and if so, why? Um, and why do you think Christians should care about it, if you do think Christians should care well,
2: about it? Well, I care because I am a Christian, hmm. and I do think every Christian should care about it. And I just did a really quick uh, online dictionary search for the word abortion, right? Mm-hmm. Here's how the online dictionary defines abortion as the deliberate termination of a human pregnancy, most often performed during the first 28 weeks of pregnancy. Most often, not always, but most often. Listen what it said. Abortion is the deliberate termination. So I go back and look at the word termination. What's the definition of termination? Well, it's the action of bringing something to an end. So just by... Those definitions, mm-hmm. right? It's it's terminating, it's bringing to the end a something, right? A human life. Right. Because it says abortion as the deliberate termination of a human pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Termination being bringing something to an end. And I think that the problem is is that whether you're uh, for abortion or against abortion, it's going to depend on your, your biblical worldview. What does God have to say about this? And for even those people that want to make... Exceptions, and, and I know again, I, I, I'm, I, I'm not gonna, I don't want to be mean. I'm not being ugly. I'm just giving you my biblical worldview, that when it comes to this issue, there are no exceptions. You know, some Christians say I don't believe in abortion except for incest or rape or, you know, something, the health of the mother, health of the baby, uh, but I say no, no, there, there are no exceptions. There, God is the one who decides when there's life. God is the one who decides when that life ends, so I stand 100% against abortion, as well as you know, assisted suicide at the end of life. I stand totally against that, and that's my worldview. And that worldview, I think, is based on what God says, and and so the Bible teaches the value of life. Uh, and I think sometimes uh, we allow the world and all of its noise to somehow cause us to chip away at what God says to try to make it fit better with what the world says but the truth is you know God is God is the giver of life and I don't feel like anybody has a right uh, to end that hmm. for, for whatever reason and however it happened th- this might I don't know if we have to put some kind of a rating on this because I'm about to get a little graphic but you know sex happens millions of times a day around the globe where there's there's not conception. There's, there's not life. But in some of those cases, God says life, life, life. And so, who are we to say, no? We that we don't want that. We don't. I think that that any believer who understands how God is the giver of life, no believer could stand against. Um, uh, a person could could believe that that would be okay to end that life if if you believe that God's the one that gives the life to begin with. So, you know, I, I am grieved, and I mean this sincerely. I am grieved because what abortion really has become is is birth control hmm. yeah. without any thought of the value of life, an escape mm-hmm. plan. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And and that again, that's not God's. That, it's not God's plan. Mm-hmm. Not God's plan at all,
1: yeah, but the problem with using abortion as birth control is is the assumption that um it's preventing a pregnancy, yeah, yeah. it's preventing life, but the the life is already there yeah you're you're just killing the the pregnancy, you're killing the life right. um and if you want to redefine the terms to get around the fact that it's murder, then you're just lying, you're just lying yeah. to yourself. Um, and I think, P.T., I agree with you. Um, we care about abortion because it has deadly consequences. Absolutely. Because does. millions yeah. of babies have been murdered yeah. in the womb. Yeah. And God is abhorred at the slaughtering of innocent human life. Yeah. That's, we we are playing God.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, that's a good way of putting it, Allison. I mean, it's uh it's it's us saying uh step aside god i got this yeah and that's that again that's not the plan yeah. that's not how it's supposed to
0: work
1: yeah and I, I think
0: the most interesting part is what you pointed out there is the in de- the definition was terminate and like you were saying you cannot terminate something unless it's already begun right yeah mm-hmm. how
2: do you terminate something that hasn't started yeah mm-hmm. and so people that say well and I know this is a question for later, but, uh, you know, uh, the infant is not viable until it's outside the womb. Well, that I, that can't be true because why, what are you terminating then? Yeah. That must be something viable to terminate or something that's at least started to terminate. Yeah. And And, you know, even some believers that would take that particular view, that mm. life, you know, that baby... And here's how they justify it. They, they go back to Genesis. God created Adam from the dust of the earth. And then he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. Okay. So people say, there it is right there. Baby's not viable until it can breathe on its own. And I'm like, really? You're mm-hmm. going to take the creation of the first human being yeah. who did not have an umbilical cord, yeah. you know? Yeah. And you're going to take that and say, because that's how it was then, that's how it's supposed to be with, with infants now. I, I'm, I, can, I feel totally sure. Totally different process. Yeah, I feel now. sure that when Adam and Eve knew each other, and, and the result of that was Cain and Abel, I feel sure that God was not breathing the breath of life into those little infants once they were born. That there was a process that had started at conception Mm -hmm. and, and unfortunately, according to the online dictionary's definition itself, this is not something I made up, that's what gets terminated. Like you said, it's something that had to have started to be terminated. You know, you don't terminate an employee before you bring them on, right?
0: Yeah. You know,
2: (laughs) well, maybe sometimes you do.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, my next question is: We're talking about worldview. So, how do you believe the Christian worldview supports defending um, the fetus in the womb?
2: Well, I mean, you have to look at the Bible, and there's some, there's plenty of scripture, a lot of scripture. Uh, the bible is clear that the unborn child that's in the womb is still a valuable life and it's unfortunate that there cannot be or doesn't seem to be consensus even amongst believers mm-hmm. about that uh not just believers but even entire denominations and and, and groups of churches that We can't seem to agree, and I said this last week. I say it again. The world stands by and laughs at us because we believe in the same God. We have the same Bible, but we can't agree on things like this. (laughs) You know, and it it just doesn't make sense to me. So, you know, David put it beautifully in Psalm one thirty nine: "For you created my inmost being, and you knit me together in my mother's womb." Hmm. Now, again. I could stop right there and say, that's it. Someone said, well, it's just one time. Well, Jesus said you must be born again one time. So do we discount that because Jesus only said it one time? It, it's, it, it, there's, there's a plethora of Scripture uh, in, in the New Testament when Mary, the mother of Jesus, went to visit Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. And the Scripture says that when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb.
1: Yep. John the Baptist was the first person right. to so, recognize... Jesus as the Messiah.
2: Right. Yeah. The first, right. in the womb. In the womb, not it had was not outside the womb, it was in the womb. Yeah. Uh go back to the Old Testament, Jacob and Esau. Uh uh, the, the the two boys of Isaac Genesis twenty five twenty two the children struggled together within her within uh, Rachel I think was the mother in in that case and she's Rebecca Rebecca, Rebecca. I'm sorry sorry right.
1: Jacob thank, and Esau right yeah Rebecca
2: thank you yeah um, so, you know that's why I got Allison here <laughs> it says uh, that the children struggled together within her and she said if it is so why then am I this way and she went to inquire of the Lord they were wrestling with each other inside the womb. Uh, Jeremiah 1.5, before I was formed, uh, or before you formed, before uh, I formed you in the womb, God speaking through Jeremiah, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. Mm-hmm. And again, on, even, even Jesus himself. Exactly. The, the birth of Jesus, yeah. Matthew 1.18, now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows, when his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child by the holy spirit with child in the womb before he was born with child i mean how else can you see that how exactly. else can you interpret that that to me the bible is plain in just those few verses that that a infant is a viable human being in the womb mm-hmm. before birth yeah plain and simple okay. and, and and then take that even a step further there's at least 30 states, I think it's more than that, uh, that uh, have, if a pregnant woman is murdered, the person that's found guilty is also uh, guilty of murder of two people, not one. Yeah. So again, it's not, it's not, obviously, I'm gonna go with the Bible and what the Bible says, but even society sees it that way mm-hmm. in a majority of states. I mean, 20 years ago, pretty much all the states saw it that way, but as we chip away at God's plan, we chip away at at that particular issue. And there are some states that don't consider that, but there are still 30 that do. So, I mean, I think biblically, there's a precept for uh, a viability in the womb. I think even culturally, it's still there. And so I think that we have to realize that from that biblical worldview, and and I'm going to give you mine specifically. I don't even know for sure the other two people in the room. I'm going to um, assume that we're kind of on the same level. I believe that life begins at conception, mm-hmm. period. And for me to be consistent in my conviction, you know, life begins at conception, then there's no uh, real reason uh, to terminate, to bring to an end at any point. Mm-hmm. Once there's conception, because yeah. I I believe that's life.
1: Yeah, I think uh, I believe that the pro-abortion movement is changing along with um, the development of new science, because it's really a general consensus among bioethicists that life does begin in conception. Human life does. So the argument is now turning from. Well, it is a human in the womb, but that doesn't make it a person right. in the womb. Yeah, it, it can be a human being, but it's not a person mm. deserving of dignity and rights and um, mm. things of that nature. So, bio- biologically, we know that a baby in the womb is a human being. Yeah. Um, but pro-abortionists want to argue that they have not attained personhood yet, and that is why we can justify killing them.
2: Right, and and. Ha- Who are they to decide that?
1: Exactly. Because they set up an arbitrary standard that says we get to decide whenever it is, and you have to attain some sort of works-based thing to to receive your dignity, to receive your rights. You have to reach our status of whether or not we say you are a person or not. And you know they did the same thing in the Holocaust.
2: Sure.
1: Same thing. And if we let men define when the standard is for where human dignity begins— Then they are going to continue Mm -hmm. to hurt and marginalize people all throughout history. Not just those in the womb. We're in danger of it now. PT, you could be killed because. We could be killed because we wear glasses. Right, we're not we're yeah. not fit for human but, dignity.
2: But you do have blonde hair
1: and yeah, and blue, I, and blue eyes. eyes. So maybe so I'll be you're, protected. You're all right. Maybe I'm,
0: I'm wearing contacts.
1: Tyler, you'd be off too. Sorry, I got,
0: I got blue eyes. I but wear glasses sometimes. No you know? hair,
2: <laughs> <laughs> blue eyes, and no hair. So I'm definitely out. But
1: I mean, but you're for right, real, though. You're right. No, like, you're right. Everyone is at risk that's because I, we set this standard.
2: Well, that's what happens when we, like you said, when 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 humanity takes out of god's hand the standard mm-hmm. we we turn it into whatever we want it yeah right and, and it's i don't remember which one of the pioneers the church fathers that said in the beginning uh, god created man and man has been creating god ever since mm-hmm. is you know we kind of make it into what we want and and i'm i cannot get away from this this resonating in my heart about how can we get back to God's plan about everything? How can we get back to God's plan? Um, you know, the, the, just take the Ten Commandments. I mean, if there was no promise of heaven, I would I would live the Christian life that I'm living because it's a better life than I lived before I was a Christian. But the right. good thing is there is a promise of heaven, right. and, and I have that to look forward to. But I would still live the way I'm living now, But, but there's a... Demographic, a group, a, a, a section of people that that think that somehow, some way, they have a better way. They have a better idea. They've got a better way of looking at it, and and in all of that, I think it's just about what you said, and that is, let's take the standard out of God's hand, and let's begin to make it our own. And, and no greater issue, I don't think, shows that than abortion, mm-hmm. and and what's going on in in the field. Of, uh, of of the pro-choice movement
1: yeah just look at the inconsistencies within the pro-choice movement nobody has an exact answer for when they want to say it's okay to kill a human being right. or it's not okay there's there's different different standards for different people they just know that it should be there
0: well i'm i'm curious to know what they mean by is it hasn't become a person yet or that it doesn't have its personhood or whatever you yeah. want to call it. Well, be- but because at the end of the day it, to me it feels like it would be well because they don't they don't think or function mm-hmm, or anything. Exactly. But, but there's a reason for that mm-hmm. because through the developmental stages of of a fetus into, a, you know, an infant child there are certain things that it needs while it's in there, and then there are certain things it won't need until later on in life mm-hmm. when it's able to think and cognitively, you know, gather thoughts and put things together. It doesn't need that yet, but that doesn't make it any less of a human being. Mm-hmm. So, what I don't understand the validity of their point in well, that I in that respect. I, there isn't any validity.
1: It's in it. it's <laughs> I, it stems from the the postmodern philosophy that, like we talked about in the last episode, where our um our personhood is split between our what we feel our our top level and our bottom level who we are yeah. what our body what biology tells mm-hmm. us and so if we think something is true then that must mean it's true yep. not what yep. actually is true you know right. the whole philosophy i think therefore i am, I am yeah. that is the driving yeah. force behind we can split apart these two things you know the image of God, uh, on the one hand, versus an arbitrary human standard when we decide when mm-hmm. you deserve to live, yeah. um, because our thoughts and our feelings and our emotions get to dictate what reality is, yeah. rather than who God created us to be. If yeah. that makes sense. Well, what
0: about a child who's born with developmental delays and and has well, not some developed people the would say to way. kill them. Exactly. I'm, some like, people. Where would. do you draw the line? Exactly.
1: If that's, the case? that's that's the whole point yeah. is. If we are not standing firm on God's solid standard, that because he has given them life, that means that they are made in his image and therefore deserving of dignity, then we have lost all standard of protecting people, mm-hmm, of right. protecting anyone. And that is why Christians need to care about this issue.
2: Well, and let me just be a pastor for just a minute and, and say, guard yourself against Going with your feelings mm-hmm. because that yeah. the, even the Bible says it's the heart <laughs> is the most deceptive of all. You know, you, uh, we have uh, not just in this issue, but in in all of life, we have left reality and gone to how I feel. Mm-hmm. We've left biology mm-hmm. and gone with psychology. It's not about like, even in the in the sexuality issue. It's not about what I was born with any longer. It's just about what I think I'm going to be or what I want to be. Yeah. And when you when you leave that, like like Allison's already said, when you leave that, it's it this leaves it open to everybody's interpretation, yeah. mm-hmm, right? Exactly. But there there has to be, and I want to throw this in here, and 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 I know that that there has <laughs> to be absolute truth. Yes. There has to be absolute. Now, a person will say, "No, I don't, I don't believe that there. I don't believe it's it moves." I be- I would say to you that if someone came in your house with a gun to kill your family, you would know that that's wrong. And the reason that you know that that's wrong is because there is an absolute truth. And you believe that absolute truth. Capital T. Yeah, Mm -hmm. capital T.
1: Capital T faith. (laughs)
2: Oh boy! And sorry, did, sorry. We, did, did we even mark that out, or did we go ahead and use that? I don't remember. It's in there. It's in. That's yeah. what I thought sure it's yeah. in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> on one of the several episodes, season one. Anyway, <laughs> so we do believe in in absolute truth. truth.
1: Yeah, whether you want to acknowledge it yeah. or not, yeah. it's still there.
2: Yeah, yeah. And and I have this, and I'll try to read through it just real quick because it kind of goes to what Tyler said. Um, this is a scenario that I had that I, I taught a class on apologetics several years ago. Uh, let's use a scenario that Judy conceives on January 1st. Just, she conceives on January 1st. And here's the timeline real quick. On January 1st, when she conceives, all 46 chromosomes are present on the day that she conceives. Human life has begun. It's a unique human being, a unique genetic makeup. And, and, and that can never be reproduced or replaced. That is a person on day one. Mm-hmm. Uh, by January second, uh, 22nd, uh, about three weeks after conception, the child's heart begins to beat just three weeks after conception. Uh, by February the 4th, which would be the fifth week, which is around the time that many mothers confirm that they're pregnant, you got eyes, legs, and hands that are beginning to develop. Uh, By February 14th, Valentine's Day, six weeks after conception, the child's brain has waves that can be measured. Late February, uh, seventh week after conception, the baby starts kicking. Uh, I I could go on and on and on. I'm just, the point is, is that, Life begins at conception. God gave that life. It's not up to us to decide whether that life should go or stop. It's up to God. And when we take the standard from God, then we can make the standard anything we want it to be. And it will it will fluctuate based on what's happening today or what, ha- what happens tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, that's just such a terrible, terrible, slippery slope mm-hmm. when you
0: let that happen.
1: Yeah.
0: It's sure. almost like saying... God got it wrong. If he wanted yeah, them to be yeah. considered mm-hmm. to be alive at yep. conception, then he would have made them fully functional. Right, in mm-hmm. the yeah. Way. At
2: conception, it would be, hello, junior. How <laughs> you doing?
0: But that's not how it yeah.
2: works. Well, <laughs>
1: well, that it goes back to what you were saying about the incarnation. God literally could have chosen any way to come into this world, and yet he comes in the form of a baby. Yeah. yeah. A baby. Yeah. That is all you need to know that God affirms the dignity of human beings from the moment of conception till natural death.
2: There's so many testimonies uh, from people that, that were supposed to have been aborted. Mm-hmm. And in some cases even was in the process of being aborted and, and and the abortion either didn't take place or the mom changed her mind. And to hear some of those testimonies, I mean, you can Google them or YouTube yeah. them and, and there's a ton of them on there. Uh, as a matter of fact, I saw a billboard. I was gonna try to get in touch with one young lady and. Uh, I know I'm going to try to find it here real quick, and I probably wouldn't waste time, but, <laughs> but it was a billboard about, you know, I was supposed to have been aborted, and uh, I, I was on vacation last week. It says, I'm Rebecca conceived in rape. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a it was a billboard on <clears throat> on the interstate, yeah. Interstate 75, and it said, I did not deserve the death penalty. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's her, uh Rebecca Kestling. i I guess it's okay to put her name out there and uh and she has a website even talking about people that that survived uh, abortion or or their parents had changed changed their mind before it actually happened so um I mean think of what about us what about yeah, the three yeah. of us sitting around this table yeah. you know uh, my my parents um my parents, who have both passed on, uh, my dad's been gone about eight years, my mom a couple years now, they, they had a child out of wedlock, um, a sister of, that, that I have that has the same parents, but in the middle 50s, you, you have put a child uh, out for private adoption. But my mom could have easily went through the abortion process, even though at that time it was illegal to do, it was still happening. Mm-hmm. But my mom was a firm believer that, that that's not what she should have done. And she she carried uh, carried my sister to to full term and, and deliver and then and had the baby adopted. I have since met her and I know who she is, but we didn't grow up together or anything like that. But I'm just saying my parents could have easily said, nope, we're, you know, we're not gonna go through the stigma of this. We're not gonna and let me let me just speak this to. I hope somebody that's listening, you know, maybe maybe you maybe you had a child out of wedlock, or maybe you even have had an abortion. You know what? God still loves you. God still wants to heal that in you, and you should quit walking around with a cloud over your head and start just allowing uh, the Savior to to move in and, and start doing some healing in your life, and rather than just carrying it around. And uh, that 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 bitterness and that depression and that discouragement that'll that'll eat you up. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can turn it over to God and He can He can uh, He can heal that, no doubt. Amen. Yeah.
1: So this question stems from personal experience that I've had with a professing Christian. Um, had a conversation over Instagram direct message with somebody who. Um, posted something uh, around the time that Texas passed their um, uh, pro-life law. And uh, sh- they basically said, um, well, I don't remember what the post said, but I messaged them and asked if they were pro-choice mm-hmm. because they're professing Christian. And they said, I'm not pro-choice. I'm pr- uh, personally pro-life, but not politically right. pro-life. Yeah. Or even I've heard, um, I am pro-choice but not pro-abortion, meaning I think women should have the choice, but I don't think abortion is... Yeah. something that should be happening regularly or something. And
2: see that, again, that's taking the standard and kind of doing with it whatever yeah. I want to do, yeah. right? I, I don't understand, and I have had that conversation with people that say, listen, I'm I'm against abortion, but I don't feel like it's my right to push that on somebody else. Yeah. you know, That's that's kind of how they frame it. Yeah. But I don't know how we don't live our convictions. Mm. I don't know how we... Because if you don't live your convictions, they're not your convictions, right? Yeah. If, if you have a conviction that says I'm against abortion, then... You should be able to express that. You should be able to live that. You should be able to do that. I don't know how you separate and say, I have a secular life and then I have a sacred life. Mm -hmm. James calls that being double-minded, right? And foolish. And foolish and unstable, right? You can't do that. We we have a sacred life. If we're believers, if we're Christians, we have a sacred life and we have convictions and we need to live those convictions. Uh, And the old equation that I've used for years, belief plus believer determines behavior. What I believe is how I behave. I, I don't know how you separate all of that. How do you pull mm-hmm. that out and say, well, I believe this, but I'm going to act another way or I'm going to act another way, but I really believe I, I don't I, it's beyond me to understand you know how that happens. I, I did have a conversation and it wasn't about abortion. it was about homosexuality. and I think I mentioned it last week about you know somebody asked me if my son was was gay, would he if he died, would he go to heaven? Well, you know, it'd be really easy for me to try to candy coat that, right? And try try to dance around it. And no, but my conviction says that if, and I said this to the to the gentleman that I was talking to, if my son is a practicing homosexual at the time of death, I yeah, I don't think he's going to make it. Now, my son's not. I don't know anybody, anybody that knows my son, don't start messaging him and saying, your dad just, he just outed you. No, that's not, that's, he was just, we were having the conversation. Yes,
1: the hypothetical. Right, yeah.
2: and um And so it would have been easy for me at that point to say, well, you know, Mm -hmm. it's between him and God. But no, my conviction is, and and and, and the guy even said, you know, he said, well, you're being judgmental. No, I'm saying what the Bible said. No, you're saying your interpretation of what the Bible said. Mm -hmm. Well, well, however you want to frame it, this is my conviction. I don't know how we separate our convictions. Um, You know, yesterday was national life Chain. Around the globe, people standing on the side of the road, holding signs saying, "You know, uh, God hates abortion, God heal our land, God forgive us for and it's a silent protest you' don't, You don't have to do anything just stand there for an hour and hold a sign. Lawrence County uh, has sixty three thousand people in it that about thirteen percent of them claim to be believers, regular church attending believers, so that would be eighty five hundred people out of sixty three thousand We had thirty. Mm. And I don't. I again. I've talked to pa- even pastors that are friends, and they they instead of separating morality from political views, they say, well, you know, it's just a politically mm-hmm. explosive type of volatile situation, and we just we're not sure we want to be part of that. I, I'm like I don't. I just don't know how you do that. Mm-hmm. You know, just to to hold a sign on the side of the road and not say nothing for an hour. How do you not do that if that's your conviction? And in the end, I mean, how do you read the 119th Psalm, the 73rd verse that says, Your hands, God, your hands made me and formed me. How do you read that and not sense a personal responsibility <laughs> to to propagate that, to push that, to say that? Mm. And again, I, I I am old. I repeat myself a lot, and Allison and Tyler like to remind me of it and laugh at me, and that's okay. But you know, the the simple fact is is that I don't know how we separate those two things. We can't say, well, I have a secular life, I have a, a sacred life, and this is this is what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. And I, I have had people do the same thing, Allison, to say, well, you know, I, I I'm against abortion, but I just don't feel like it's my place to to you know pass that conviction on. to. What do you mean it's not mm-hmm. your place? Yeah. If you're a believer, your job is to go therefore into all the world and make disciples of all people teach mm-hmm. them the things that Jesus taught us and baptizing them in the name of the Father and Son. Are you going to say, well, I'm a Christian, but I don't really want to push that on somebody else. You want what? You want him to die and go to hell? Mm-hmm. Is that, is that, the, the alternative that you well, want to push yeah, out there well that's
1: what some people would 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 that's where your conviction naturally leads to if you're if you're going to be consistent about what you believe then that's where that yeah, leads to for absolutely. some people yeah. and i think all that stems from the assumption that abortion laws are neutral <laughs> that once we that any sort of legislation is neutral um once we pass this legislation, we're just leaving it up into the hands of the right. people and yeah. it, it do, it's not taken aside. Right. That is a gross, a gross misinterpretation. Yeah. Every single piece of legislation takes on a worldview, yeah. takes on a position. It's just a matter of whose wins. And in my opinion, we have the best one yeah. and ours should be winning. Yeah. And we have a responsibility to push for ours to be Implemented, right? Because God hates what He hates. Yeah. God hates injustice. Well, and I had
2: that. I had that scripture back here uh, a couple of questions ago, and I didn't. I didn't read it. But that this whole issue is listed in one of the seven things that God hates in Proverbs chapter six. Uh, it says there are six things the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to Him, and then He lists them: haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't. How else do you read that?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And and then there's other ones listed there. And I would like to just point out the last one, which is a person who stirs up conflict. Mm. Uh, just wanted to throw that in there. Just it <laughs> has nothing to do with this issue, but just wanted to throw that in there. As a pastor, uh, the person who causes dissension, God hates that. Just saying.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's very unfortunate yeah. that people are scared because think about think about um, all the Christians who lived during the Holocaust who said nothing when millions of Jews were murdered because they just didn't want to push their worldview onto anybody else. And think about all the courageous Christians who knew that it was wrong and who deliberately defied the government to save innocent human life.
2: Yeah. We, We want to stand for our convictions as long as there's not a penalty involved.
1: Exactly. But if there's a penalty
2: involved, sometimes we we have a tendency Mm -hmm. to back up and say, well, I don't know if I want to do that.
1: And there is a penalty involved in being pro-life. There is. It is blasphemy in our culture. You are labeled a bigot, a woman hater you are you if you watch those videos of this weekend at the women's march there were pro life people standing with signs who were spit at thrown water at pushed around mm-hmm. screamed at flipped off and you pay the price for yep. standing firm for christian conviction the world hates what god loves.
2: Right. And whatever it's folly. and whatever God creates Satan's going to pervert it. And yes. that's what that again, let's go back to the very beginning of the podcast, not all of the banter that was going on, but <laughs> when we actually started into the subject and that is when we get away from god's plan then we start creating all these crazy things to do to make ourselves feel better mm-hmm. you know i again i know we're not here to talk about evolution but i think that's the only reason that evolution's been kind of carried along all this way the theory which is all it is is a theory but if we can figure out how we got here without god's help we can do anything we want to do yep. and it's all good mm-hmm. because now there's, there's not no a god with yeah there's yep. not a god with this standard and these and this moral plumb line that says this is how we do things around here and yeah. and we do away with that suddenly we can just do whatever we want to do and i think that's part of what happened here we We got outside of God's plan for sexuality between a man and his wife. We got away from that, and because we got away from that, suddenly here we are thousands of years later and and we have one point five million babies a year mm-hmm. you know that that are that are no longer with us yep and it's that's sad yep
1: if uh if babies aren't made in the image of God, then there's no reason why we can't kill them right. So to wrap us up. Yes. Last question. What you got? So in your experience um, with being pro-life, what are some of the pro-abortion talking points that you've heard and your defense against them? Well,
2: let me say quickly that I struggle with anyone who wants to use the Bible to make their point, but they don't want to use the Bible to live their life by mm. it. Right? Hallelujah! Right. <laughs> they say, "Well, the Bible, this, the Bible, that, the Bible, this." But yet, that's not. They don't mm-hmm. live their life by the Bible. Right. They just want to use the Bible to make their that They most
1: likely never even read the whole. Right,
2: thing. Right. Yeah. Well, yes. they just were repeating in a lot of uh, cases, just repeating what they heard. Yes. That said, here's a few things that I hear real quickly. Uh, people say that it doesn't follow uh, that Jesus, because Jesus never talked about it, uh, that we should assume that he was okay with it. Yeah. You know, and we talked a little bit about that last week. Number one, silence doesn't necessarily indicate approval. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, just because he didn't say it. And the problem with that is, again, that's elevating the gospels above the rest of the Bible, which is never what Jesus wanted to do. But here's the thing. The reason Jesus didn't discuss certain issues was because he was a Jewish man living in first century Palestine where they didn't deal with a lot of issues like this. Jesus didn't talk about gun control, Mm -hmm. right? Because guns didn't exist. Jesus never talked about dating Mm -hmm. because marriages were arranged at that time. Jesus never talked about voting, Mm-hmm. Right. Because yeah. in first century Palestine, the Romans were in charge. Jesus never talked about abortion because first century Jews were opposed to doing that. They had babies when they came together as husband and wife and they conceived they had babies. They didn't they didn't they didn't have abor it wasn't even a word then. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and and somebody said, Well, you know, abortion is not in the Bible. Well, neither is the word rapture. Mm-hmm. Neither is the word Trinity. Yeah. You know. But yet there's plenty of principle and precept in there that says, yes, these are, these are real things. And so um, somebody else say, why would Jesus go out of his way to talk about subjects that had no possible relevance for the people around him? I mean, that's the answer is, is why didn't Jesus talk about abortion? Well, because it wasn't a relevant issue mm-hmm. in the first century Palestine. Uh, I said that some people say that the word uh, uh, abortion doesn't appear in the Bible uh, Jesus never talked about abortion. Jesus never used the word grace. Jesus never said the word grace. Mm-hmm. If you go look at the gospels and try to find where Jesus used the word grace, it's not in there. Does that mean that, that grace is not with us? Grace is not for us? So uh, some say that Jesus never talked about it. Some say that life doesn't start uh, at conception, rather once the infant breathes. We talked about that a little bit. Uh, they, they And they use as the reference Adam. And I'm like if you're going to use Adam as your reference then you need to use Adam to live your life by. If you're going to use the Bible, mm-hmm. you got to use it for or everything. How
1: about we use the new Adam as our reference? Well, that's
2: a, that would be even better, Jesus it? Christ,
1: yeah. um you, which we've already covered.
2: Are you preaching now?
1: I am not preaching now. But like it. It, read the whole Bible. Yeah. Adam Adam wasn't the standard. Well, we and, have a new Adam. Right.
2: And and read the whole Bible is a great thing because uh, one of the thing, again, another thing I hear is that there's so many different places in the Bible where babies were killed. Mm-hmm. But what the people don't realize is that that was not God doing that. That was heathen kings and and evil, wicked people that were saying, when Jesus was born, let's kill all the the male uh, babies that were okay. you know under three years old. Gotcha. Well, that wasn't.
1: That was Herod. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't.
2: God didn't have anything to do with that. Uh, there was a scripture in the Old Testament where the when the Jewish people were in captivity in Babylon and and it talked about how happy people would be to bash the babies against the stone. Well, what if you got to read that in context. Mm-hmm. He wasn't talking about, yeah, let's go out and bash babies against stone. That's not what he's talking about. He was talking about that once the the Jewish people were going to be liberated that they would be so happy to see that to see that that the 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 Babylonian people uh to bash their babies and it was more of a uh, just a uh, not not a literal saying to do that, it was just like, that's how happy we will be. So, I mean, when they said, there's all kinds of places throughout the Bible, even when Moses was born, right? Pharaoh said, let's kill all the, but it wasn't, that wasn't God that did that. So I think it's ridiculous when people try to use the Bible to talk about how that that abortion is okay, but yet they, they don't read it in context, they don't live their life by it, but they'll use it to try to make their point. And I think it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so I think that there's a lot of things that they come up with that they can talk about uh but the simple fact is, is that all of those things can be rebutted and, and and easily shown that the Bible does not say that abortion is okay. Nowhere, anywhere in the Bible does it say that abortion is okay. Some say they believe that, uh, you know, that, that the conception thing and the baby outside the womb. Some people talk about, well, it's the law of the land
0: mm.
2: and that we're supposed to obey the law of the land. Um, you know, that we're not a theocracy, we, we're a democracy. I'm a Christian mm-hmm. and I'm going to stand for my convictions of, of Christian things. And abortion is just one of those things. That, and we talked about, you know, difference between convictions and, and beliefs and opinions. Yeah. Abortion is one of those things where someone says, you know, if, you're, if you can deny a person life, you can say that you're for abortion or we're going to shoot you, shoot me. Because that's something I'm gonna die for that, yeah. uh believing and knowing that that's what that's what God's plan was all along
1: yeah and so. slavery was legalized at one point too yeah, so yeah, know. I
2: mean it's crazy I don't talk about that
1: I mean,
2: you know let's not let's uh let's say that we abortion's okay because Jesus didn't say anything about it well, you know, he didn't say anything about wife beating. Mm-hmm. Does that mean it's okay? Of course it's not okay. No. Uh, and, and so I think those are just flawed arguments when they when they start out that yeah. way yeah. and 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 you can't you just can't go along with it. Yeah. So if you're a believer before Allison closes out the <laughs> podcast, if you're a believer, let me just encourage you to follow Christ. Yeah. If you're a believer, follow Christ. Ask yourself what does God think about this? And and I think that in, if you are Genuine in your effort and honest in the answer, you, you'll know you'll know what it is. It's not about whether we can legislate this or legislate that. Mm-hmm. If we're waiting on the government to legislate morality, it's never going to happen. Yeah. It's going to have to come from people who are followers of Christ.
1: Mm-hmm. There you go. There you have it. There you have it, folks. Well, thank you all so much for joining us today uh, on this episode. Hope we didn't make you too angry. Um, No, we
2: don't care if they're angry.
1: We don't care. (laughs) We we do. We love you. Um, Said
2: in my very white voice.
1: Yes, yes. (laughs) This is a good time to let you know that we've got a lightning round coming up. So if you'd like to send in some of your questions to twagner977 at gmail.com, we would love to hear from you. Hopefully we'll be able to answer those.
0: And, hey, I'll make a Facebook post about it. Yes. Them. That would be that great. That would be wonderful. a good idea? Thank you, Yes. Thank you, Tyler.
1: yes. Man, um, deja vu.
0: <laughs> Sorry.
1: Uh, so, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed uh, the conversation today, and we'll see you next time.
2: See ya. Thanks again, baby, for joining <laughs> us today.